We know that I'm saying Q tells us stuff in all of its lies is what I'm saying. You keep you keep interrupting me because you're lying because you're full of shit. That's why, because every God thing, goddamn thing out of you people's mouth doesn't come true. And it's always, oh, there's energy. And oh, now we're done with Trump. You said he was the Messiah. You said he was invincible. You said it was all over. They were all going to get Mo. Now, oh, he's part of a larger thing of Q. I will not suffer your Q people after this. I knew what you were day one. And I know what you are now. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all these witches and warlocks and pumpkin popsums and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Pumpkin popsums. I love that Alex Jones is mad about the newcomer conspiracy theorists who like have no they have no civility. That's right. He's he's a blue tick conspiracy theorist. That's it. Uh yes, we are in part two of our uh of our discussions of the uh events in uh the US Capitol. Um the the biggest story, of course, going is uh that uh Alex Jones and has now lost the QAnon audience. Uh, so uh, that's I, I, that's the most significant thing I can think of that's happened. So welcome to the QAnon audience. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in order to help us uh, discuss, uh, sort of you know, like I said, the part two of our our capital discussion, um, we are going to be delving a little bit deeper into the psychology of the QAnon person. What's driven them to this point, and where on earth they're going to go now. And joining us to discuss this. Uh, is Annie Kelly of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Annie, welcome back to Hi, TF. Very excited to be here. How many planes of energy are you on? Would you say you're <laughs> pulsating? I, I am vibrating and hovering just a little bit above the ground as I, as I speak. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Riley, Milo, Hussein, and Alice. And um, we are looking forward to finding out uh, while wow, we're going to stop the interdimensional pedophiles. Um, what Scotty the kid has been up to, and um, what these people are going to do See now. Any that, relation of Scotty to Hottie? Now that uh, maybe now that all of them are uh, banned from everything. Hmm. So I, I'll I'll kick us off here, right? Where it seems as though uh, the last uh, era of uh, American and uh, history has now, with anything sort of going for it, which is of course the Trump Twitter account, has now drawn to a close. Yeah, politics is back to being boring and lame and gay now. But also dangerous. (laughs) Um, So it is as... we're going to do child concentration camps, but with more X's in there. Yeah, so it's it's as... It is as uh, uh, dangerous and enervating and terrible and stuff, uh, but we no longer have the Ponzi oaf to be the focus of it all. Yeah, we've switched uh, from the Heath Ledger Joker to the Jared Leto Joker. It's still terrible, but now it's not funny. (laughs) I think the Jared Leto Joker was quite funny. Well, it, I mean, in the right sense. I'm not going to like go too much into this, but I will say that the Jared Leto Joker is like the best Joker out of all of them, and I will like, <laughs> and, I, and I will like die on that hill if He's I the have most to. Joker-fied. He's the great unifier. You know, <laughs> in fact, in that sense, I think actually he's more Donald Trump. As Jared Leto said in Suicide Squad, we are not friends but enemies. <laughs> God, that's so deep. Says it says a lot. Um, and also, uh, speaking of movies, of course, we are we'll lose the um, we are losing the Trump Twitter account. But I'm very excited to see the Trump Congressional Library. That's why I hope the um, the Democrats do not succeed in impeaching him. Um, I would like him to have the normal legacy associated with having been a sitting president. I want his 45 uh, minute cut of Bloodsport to be preserved. <laughs> yeah, j- joining us for the like Yale University program on American grand strategy is former President <laughs> Donald J. Trump. Exactly. I would like him to have, oh, along with current President Logan Paul, he should get a job and at, at like a really good media studies department at like the MIT mm. Media Lab or Stanford or something, right? And like, because he's that like been the most effective yeah. political communicator that. We've seen in a while, long time, and like if you look at like the celebrity people who are like at, at like the media school at like LSE and stuff, it's like the Tony, like the Tony Blairs and everything, like who are not it's really effective and kind of global you know, change. Uh, yeah, 
none none of those guys motivated a whole bunch of people to like storm the Capitol building. Yeah. That is effective media communication. Tony Blair, Tony Blair has just one Renfield in the form of Andrew Adonis. Donald Trump was made the center of a civic religion. <laughs> he needs he needs tenure at Columbia Journalism School, and uh, right. yeah, so I'm going to urge him to do that. <laughs> Honorary Registrar of the Gender Studies Department. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He thought it was going to be like a Miss World pageant. And then he was going to get to like break into the locker room of they all told the genders. Me that if I came here, there would be pussy. I was I was misled. I was lied to. I was deceived. Actually, yeah, that's actually what, what's one of the things I'd like to see uh, Biden enact in the Patriot Act too. Uh, that is going to you know, cause all of this surveillance to be stepped up on all American citizens. Is the movies have to tell you if there's actually boobs in them? It should make it clear. This has been your bugbear all week. Yeah, that's right. Uh, ever that's how long Riley's bugbears last? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an average bugbear length. There's, there's like a subreddit dedicated to that. Like, people will not watch a movie unless like there are like boobs in them. So that's they a- will so they will go on the subreddit and be like, is this worth watching? And they will say yes or no, depending on how much nudity is in that movie. Wow, it's just like a, a horny version of Does the Dog Die? Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when, when, should you, when should you begin... You know, to make it all worthwhile. <laughs> no, so we're we're gonna go into the Q stuff. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, really just we because that's the thing. You want to talk we're, about movies and boobs? We were we had him, and uh, he was you know a terrible, but he was also a Ponzi oaf, and that was funny. And he's left us with instead of one Ponzi oaf, like when if you kill a spider and millions of other spiders run out, he's left an army of oafs behind him. Um, but they're all gonna be doing stochastic terrorism. <laughs> Donald Trump was more like venal than he was pure evil. Yeah. In that way, in the kind of like in the gross libidinous urges and caprices of Donald Trump, you could see something of like the darker parts of yourself. Like you can't see anything of yourself in someone like Pete Buttigieg. No. Like that man is a black hole. Yeah. Uh and so let's we're going to talk about some of the people that we have now sort of left behind who will be defining kind of the political future, I think, of America. And then we'll I mean, this is mostly an American phenomenon, but it's always worth trying to draw a comparison to Britain, which we'll do later on. So I'm going to start with uh, some quotes from one of the main characters of this uh, scuffle, as Laura Koonsberg called it, mm. uh, the Q shaman, uh, because I think his there's a couple of things he said that I think are very interesting um, because. Yeah. So, uh, Annie, can you tell us a little bit about who the Q shaman is? Um, so I think Julian would be better with this because Julian has actually met the Q shaman and um, fostered a <laughs> fostered a French a beautiful friendship oh, which began together. when they were <laughs> when they were undercover at some Q rallies and then uh, if I recall correctly it was actually the Q shaman that outed them in one of the more recent ones but they're they're all all friends um, and yeah so he he has uh, approached the QAnon phenomenon uh, merging the right-wing fascist conspiracy theory with shamanistic New Age beliefs. Um, And he's been very present at all of the Save the Children rallies. That was, I think, when I first um, got a clue of him. And has, I think, just the sort of feeling of a... If it wasn't this cult, it would be another one. He, He does feel like a very classic cult leader in that sense. He's got a very kind of, like, soothing voice. Um... Which kind of I think yeah is actually like quite a classic feature of cult leaders. Um, so like it's a bit like that whole thing about you know they say that whoever Hillary Clinton had married would have become U.S. president. Like whichever cult the Q shaman had joined would have become the dominant cult of our time. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't want to give him that that much credit, but it sort of feels a bit like you know he would have been invo- involved in a cult even if QAnon hadn't hadn't shown up. I think is the feeling I get. He was just like looking for his cult and he found it. Um, and he was very prominent in the protests uh, because he dressed up in furs, uh, carried a um, a placard that said, "You know, Q is Q yeah, shaman or he, Q he is coming was or whatever." The sole high level yeah. RPG character in that yeah. crowd. Yeah, he had like um, sort of Braveheart face paint on as well. Yeah, he he had all purple gear as well, so it was all sort of epic. It was all like bound to him. You have to get it through rating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> he had yeah, set yeah, yeah. bonuses. Um, so, uh, but I think right in what's interesting about him, and here's one of the quotes. Um, in an interview with NBC, he compared himself to both Gandhi and Martin Luther King, saying, quote, huh. 
What I did was civil disobedience. I didn't do anything wrong. I just walked through an open door, dude. Well, dude, true, dude, just true, <laughs> dude. Where's my lectern? It's so funny to me to think that one day, like kids are going to be reading about this in a history textbook as like this great insurrectionist moment, and they're going to have to read people saying stuff like "dude" about it. Yeah, that's right. They should have <laughs> talked like they one did. One guy's quoted as saying, "Yo, what the fuck, dude?" <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so he has seen it, but he sees himself as a as a Gandhi or Martin Luther King figure. Because, I mean, my theory behind this, right, is that in this moment where American democracy is kind of fraying to its breaking point, everyone gets to tell the story where they're an underdog hero. Mm -hmm. And it's coherent because everyone's the underdog because all of the institutions around them are failing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's this guy. He he sort of takes the stage. He gives that speech. I believe he says at one point, hold the line, patriots, the army is coming. Uh, I doubt he was certain what the army was going to do once it got there. If I was him, I'd be concerned about whose side the army is going to be on. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that, like, this is like an interesting, when I was watching the, like, the protest, like, it's an interesting thing because obviously, like, these guys have all been influenced by, like, various elements of, like, QAnon like internet law and stuff like that. But in a lot of ways, we're also enacting one of like the most popular internet based theories that also is manifest in all these like underdog stories, which is the idea of, um, you know, rising up against your government and mm. the, you know, like against tyranny and stuff like that. That's like one of the oldest like tropes and one of the oldest kind of, uh, like narratives that has gone around, like on all these forums, especially the forums that like defend second amendment rights. Right. Yeah. It's like literally like the founding myth of, like the United States, right? The kind of idea yeah. of armed insurrection against a tyrannical government. Yeah, and like yeah. all of these dudes were so like keyed up because you could see them feeling like this was it, right? Politics yeah. is participatory again. I'm I'm doing a history. I'm right. fucking storming the Winter Palace. Yeah. That's right. Q people really love Hamilton. That's what people don't give them. That's right. Imagine like if the if the shaman started rapping, then I feel like he would be a lovable character and he'd be made into like, oh fuck, what's it called? Uh not I keep thinking like poggers. Like but it's not poggers, yeah, obviously. He'd be the new pog chap. No, yeah. he he no, you know the um you know like those stupid dolls with the giant heads. Oh, Funko oh, Pop. Oh, Funko, Pop. Funko Pop. Yeah, he'd be a Funko Pop. Yeah. Uh, confusing Pog Champ and Funko Pop. Mm. Um, and also, if he started rapping, he would just be Scotty the Kid, um, the uh, other sort of uh, QAnon male model um, white rapper influencer. It's a QAnon himbo. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll get to that. But what's then essentially what happened? Um, uh, and, and Annie, I'd be interested to sort of dive into the psychology of this. Is there was an arm? Uh, they went fully armed to overthrow the government, and were completely surprised when they met with resistance and are now furious that they're on no-fly lists and are complaining using their full names and addresses to the media. Um, Can you tell me a little bit what drives someone to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think for one thing, it's a bit what we were talking about before, this kind of fantasy of the armed insurrection. Um, There's like a lot of videos circulating where they're like quite clearly, there's quite clearly, you know, um, people who storm the Capitol who are like, really indignant that they got like maced by the cops um and so you kind of do get this sort of sense that this is resistance for people who have never never taken part in a protest before or have never actually um been part of kind of resisting sort of uh, state mechanisms before it's good when the cops mace people, except when they do it to me. In that case, it's bad. Yeah, yeah they're so confused. Well, did you see the quotes from the woman but- who was literally like they're supposed to be shooting BLM, but they're shooting at us? Yeah. There was like another guy that got like arrested and he said something like, um, you're treating me like a black person. Wow. So <laughs> it's very yeah. much like, oh, he's just like, just say, you're just like saying yeah, it. Just now. make the subtext. On, saying the quiet part loud. But I think also like a crucial part of the conspiracy theory was that that day they believed was the storm, which is supposed to be the day when, you know, all of, all of the kind of uh, nebulous sort of like um, deep state forces are um, vanquished. And they, and you know, the sort of yeah, patriot Trump was going to pull some thing to like reveal yeah. that it was China or whatever. Yeah, but and, who and was they going are to triumphant. Do the vanquishing? I don't know, like the military or something. That's why the dude thought the army was coming. They thought the yeah. army was coming. They truly thought that Q was part of this, you know, top level security services who had, you know, the Q team on this. 
Um, and they had been promised a day of reckoning, do you know? That is what they thought they were taking part in. Um, so this, I think... Uh, yeah, I'm calling about my day of reckoning. Um, <laughs> yeah, I put this on order a few weeks. It doesn't seem to have... Uh, could you escalate this to your supervisor? Well, is it, is the, the customer service at this revolution is terrible. <laughs> um, it is very much the vibe. Yeah. yeah, You appear to have sent me Training Day with Denzel Washington. It's a good movie, but I was actually after a day of reckoning. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I think it's it's this complicated thing as well where, you know, that's one of the other, like, even some of the people who were there and friends with the people who were killed, either by police or by sort of being trampled by the crowd, their faith in, in this is completely unshaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They respond by saying, well, like, Trump, like tr- Donald Trump told you to come here. He told you to storm the palace. Um, and uh, as a result, you know, your cousin has died. Um, and they're like, yeah, well, you know, Donald Trump told me to do it and he was right. I guess my cousin was Antifa, the world's most yeah. trustworthy man. Donald I mean, Trump. I actually think that's not as surprising as it sounds because those people are actually, I think, the most likely to, to uh, hold fast to this belief that, um, you know, QAnon is real, that um, the election was stolen, all of this sort of stuff. Because when you lose someone, it's actually incredibly hard to make yourself believe that they died for nothing they died for a stupid internet conspiracy do you know just just world fallacy right you want to believe that all of this happens for a reason yeah yeah it's it's very they're almost the people who are going to find it the hardest to make themselves those who have actually lost lost something significant you know um they're the hardest ones to drag out of the hole essentially because it's it's um yeah, sunk cost fallacy. Do you know they've given too much for this for it to this for it not to be true. And so, what's very strange, right, is that if this was, it's it, it's very difficult. I think because it's look, QAnon is always going to be something that was going to run up against when prophecy fails, right? Mm. It was always going to run up against that, and I can't see it having failed in a more sort of obvious, total, and experiential way. It's not just like the world didn't end. It's like we charged, we, we went to the final boss and there was no cutscene. We mm. went there, we did everything we were supposed to do, we did everything the president said, and then nothing happened. A guy tased himself in the balls as it was written in the scripture. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then now they're all on no-fly lists and they're mm. getting fucked with by the government. And... All beans, Juice. And, you know, they, there is... I don't understand kind of how I, I fully believe QAnon will go on in some form after this, for sure. I do not understand how it will do that yet. I wanted to know, uh, Annie, do you have any sort of hypotheses? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, this has been a, a catastrophe um, from their point of view. And you can tell it's been a catastrophe because of how. Um, you know, this movement, which has been so fantastic at kind of bringing on new recruits and marketing itself has almost totally fragmented in the wake of it. So you've got all of these several competing and conflicting conspiracy theories right now, you know, where some are saying, you know, we were betrayed by, um, you know, Mike Pence and the GOP and others are saying, you know, uh, none of those people were real. They were all crisis actors, make, you know, designed to make us look bad. And um, it's getting very nasty within those circles and they're arguing with one another. And I think that's all a sign that um, this has been a really, um, yeah, a really difficult moment um, for people who did did mostly truly believe this, I think, um, on some level. And I guess I suppose what I tend to think happens with things like this, um, when there is that moment, when there is that fissure um, is that usually it becomes a lot less popular, um, but a lot more extreme um, and a lot more, I would say, like hardened and militant. Um, so there will be people who kind of were flirting with the peripheries of this, do you know, and kind of won't like what they see. They won't like that it's being, you know, in whatever soft terms denounced by uh, Trump and people close to Trump and stuff like that. And they'll kind of just look at it as a failure. No one wants to be, you know, no one wants to join a, a team that looks like it's failing. Um, but the people who, as I was talking about before, feel they have given too much to this, which is quite a lot of people at this point. Um, you know, even before this, people were, um, you know, saying, oh, I can't wait for 
for you know the the storm because then my family will have to talk to me again because they'll see how right I was and that I wasn't just a conspiracy theorist and stuff like that. Those people, I suspect, will will dig their heels in, um, and will feel demoralized by this. But it doesn't necessarily mean um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they stop believing. It means that they get more angry. Sorry, it means that they get more angry. God, imagine if they'd been right. Imagine if that guy tased himself in the balls and immediately, like, fucking SEAL Team 6 had just led out, like, every single, like, deep state pedophile from, like, the basement of the Capitol and executed them. You're talking to me. I've, like, dedicated two years of my life to saying that this is definitely wrong. I would have looked like such a moron. You'd have had to have done a full career change. Have you considered that actually this did work and you're just digging into your belief system? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. When, when was the last time you tased yourself in the balls, Annie? <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's very interesting. What just Pence turns around and is like, I'm going to play the Pence card. And right. just rips up all the electoral votes. Yeah, it's, and Trump is, ma- Trump is made president and his issue are then sort of crowned president after him and we get kings again. Yeah. It's not so far from what they genuinely thought they were it's taking barren. part in. Yeah, well, it is because it, it is the, the thing is like, and I think this is it, as you talk about sort of the complexion of the protests themselves and sort of what it is as a political movement, it is it is a civic religion around the holy Trump family and the necessity that, that family must remain powerful and in charge mm-hmm. to secure the, re, the, the American greatness for the future, yeah, which is to incredible. secure the health of the right? nation, right? But, I agree. And I agree. It was it was like slightly insane <laughs> that there was a civic religion around like Augustus or whatever. But like when there's a civic religion around the Trump family, it's just it's so awesome. Well, I mean, what if what if Augustus was just a sort of poncy oaf and then he yeah. just got remembered as much better than he was? <laughs> just a bunch of children who are all completely stupid and deranged in their own special and different ways. Like none of them look completely real. They all look a bit like sort of Frankenstein's monster. Failing like Cassius's Saturnalia party yeah. no longer hot. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Like Eric Eric Trump just has like twenty percent less lip than a person should have. He just, what happened to the rest of his top lip? That's what I want to know. <laughs> S- Sissy Pompey Magnus betrayed by by old friends in the Senate. Maybe they're my friends now. <laughs> the Gracchi, very sad people, by the way. By jealous. the way, very Low very class. jealous. Very said a lot of unpleasant things about your favorite your favorite emperor, me. <laughs> very unpleasant things. Uh, they oppose the reforms of Sulla. <laughs> Oh, if you guys had gone with a, a popular parody Twitter account of this a couple of years ago, you'd have cleaned up. You'd be millionaires. Oh, yeah. mm. When he did yeah. the, this oh, is God. soup for my family, I would have been like, the grain doll, this is grain for my family. <laughs> the throne of the legionnaires. The Roman company of garum makers isn't very happy with me. That's fine. I'll keep drinking that garbage. <laughs> 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 drinking garum? Gross. Mm. Um but yeah, so let's talk a little bit about who's actually there at these protests. You have some notable individuals like the Q shaman. You have uh, who's saying you were talking about this a guy who claims to be a multi-dimensional pedo hunter. I think I well, I, I I saw that that hmm. was I saw that was attributed to the shaman. Oh, so um, he's also hunting nonces well, like, well, in other well, dimensions. Well, it, it it could it could be fake, but it's just like something I've been thinking about a lot, which is just like so. <laughs> one of the one of the questions that you asked earlier is like QAnon will exist, but it'll kind of like exist in different forms. And I reckon that like it will go, go down this very sort of weird astrological route. Mm. Um, you yeah. know, I I feel like based on what I've seen, like everything is sort of heading towards like celestial weirdness, um, and it will kind of. And at some point there will be like a guy who like gets really into um, trying to like get on the astral plane in order to hunt intergalactic pedophiles. The interdimensional nonce hunter is just deep Doctor Who lore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's do- Doctor Who when they make like take away from Stephen Moffat and give it away to Baz Moffat. That's right. Yeah, his brother. 
So yeah, so according to so according to this like meme that was going around, which I I, I don't one hundred percent know for certain whether it's real, but I really hope it is. It sounds um, like the this, kind of thing yeah, he'd say. Absolutely, this guy was going around saying that he could travel to other dimensions uh, in order to uh, arrest paedophiles, which is like um, an incredibly based thing to do if you can travel <laughs> to other dimensions. It's like you could see any number of things. What no? What are you going to do with this power? I'm going to arrest fucking nonces. That's right. Like outside a school gate in a version of Macclesfield where everything is upside down. And just like, right, where's the fucking nonsense then? What's the age of consent in this reality? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to both honk at schoolgirls and also arrest nonsense. Can you believe that? In this reality, the children give flumps to the nonsense. <laughs> yeah, schoolgirls honk at you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, it's Black Mirror where the schoolgirls harass the white van men. Mm. Anyway, um, uh, Jake Angeli, the uh, Q shaman, yeah, is level here ninety nine to- shaman. Level ninety nine shaman is going to cast a heal over time on uh, the interdimensional knots hunter. That's right. Um, but also, there's more about the complexion of the protest themselves. Yeah, I, I, I mean, want to talk about these like yeah. level one scrubs who like these yeah. mobs who stormed these, the uh, capital. Mm. <laughs> Witcher NPC who tases himself with his own balls <laughs> goes up yeah. to the police like, "Oh, we don't much like police in these parts. Prepare to kill me immediately." Yeah, that's right. Um, so the uh, the Witcher NPC. Well, there were some like level one mobs, uh, and mm-hmm. those were the sort of you know Instagram scammers, conspiracy theorists, and that woman know, who was like with the flag, who was just like happy to be there. The guy who like <laughs> yeah. lit up a, a, a spliff under the dome. Yeah, hell yeah. So yeah, the, those are like yeah your level ones, mm-hmm. and then you have your like um your like level thirties, your off duty law enforcement officers mm-hmm. and veterans. Guy with the zip then, ties. Guy with the plate well, carrier. No, that's those guys are your three percent or militia members, and they are level skull. Ah, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can't see their level. You're too low level. Um, <laughs> ah. So, but that's and and, and that's kind of what uh, what I kind of took away from this. But again, Annie, I'd be interested in your expertise. How do you see this breaking down in terms of like the different um, constituencies of the theory that I guess you can't even call it QAnon anymore. It's just like mm-hmm. the storm conspiracy theory. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, QAnon, I think last time I was actually on this podcast, I talked about QAnon's like an incredible ability for sort of just taking other conspiracy theories and swallowing them. Um, and I guess, yeah, the, I, I, understanding that the the election was uh, stolen from Donald Trump, um, which I sort of referred to as stop the steal on kind of like other interviews and stuff, because it's just an easy way of um, shorthanding that. I suppose was the new conspiracy theory, which QAnon then kind of um, obviously, obviously just got its its tenterhooks in. Um, a strange handshake meme between QAnon and the British government in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> what it what it is right because I and I and I said this before that the stuff that happened in Castle Hill it reminds me like it's for me it was like less of an insurrection and it was much more like a really weird influence and meetup that went completely wrong. So <laughs> I can only take from this that Donald Trump is actually rebranding. <laughs> well, I mean, Donald uh, Trump becomes a wellness guy. When we talk when we talk about the different constituencies here, right? I think it's 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 really important to not forget the like hardcore three percent or militia members. Yeah. Because like you can I'm seeing like there are some now um dumps of texts and so on that have been talking about with the press. Here's one example um, that's from AP. Uh, headed to DC with a shit ton of 5.56 armor-piercing ammo mm-hmm. uh, with the purple cool. devil emoji. Um, thinking about heading over to Pelosi's to Pelosi's and putting a bullet in her noggin on live TV. Purple no, devil emoji. It's such a cutesy yeah. word to use there. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> the, I'm going the, the, like people have been saying, oh, this, this, this could happen in Britain. But if this would happen in Britain, it would be like, gonna shoot Jeremy Krubnan's crying laughing emoji, crying laughing yeah. emoji, crying laughing emoji, England flag emoji. Um, yeah. Meredith, who is white, uh, then texted a photo of himself in blackface. I'm gonna walk around DC <laughs> <Okay>. with people. <laughs> oh, he's Dutch. I uh, yelling, Allahu Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Well, there's a lot I going on when, there. I love when Shuds do this stuff. Really, I do. My favorite genre of this is a somewhat more sincere thing, where a, a Nazi, an actual neo-Nazi who was in Asimwaffen, um, converted to Islam just on his own. Yeah. Um, killed his two neo-Nazi roommates, and then like 
he got arrested, and when he was arrested, he said, Allah Muhammad, and this wouldn't happen uh, if you didn't okay. bomb my countries, and he was born in Florida. Yeah, well, you know, shouldn't yeah. have bombed Florida. Yeah, that's right. Cusano's go home. <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> what, what, what I'm saying is dudes rock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, so but I want to focus though on yeah. these on these militia members, right? If yeah. you want to think about who's not going away, who's serious about this, who can't de-escalate, mm. yeah. it's probably these guys, sure. right? But at the same time, let's not hype them up too much. I've seen like no. uh, little diagrams of like uh how badass they are with their plate carriers and stuff, and it's like uh, no, not really. Yeah, it was actually something when I was um on an interview yesterday talking about this where uh, they really wanted me to give predictions, and honestly, 2021 has been such a stupid year so far, I honestly really couldn't. Um, but one thing I said that is very likely is that MAGA basically becomes like a militia movement, do you know? Um, again. <laughs> again, Just, yeah. 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 Well, or rather it's like a, a, a na national militia movement, essentially, is what it seemed to, mm. um, all the signs seem to be pointing to. Um, unified around a national national figure, and I kind of you know tried to sort of explain that the history of militia movements um, in the U.S. isn't like necessarily one of kind of insurrection uh, or, um, but like just kind of incredible sort of like low level harassment, really, mm. um, and like of, forever waiting for the day of the rope, yeah, or whatever, which is like yeah. very congruent yeah. with the storm, right? And there's an yeah. I think there's a decent possibility that a lot of these people will go into this sort of militia thing in the sense of like, you know, I, I, I go out and I shoot steel targets and tannerite yeah. once a month. But I, I'm and waiting like, to be activated by the people next people who I think are criminals and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm waiting to watch some BFI stock footage of people doing things in Margate in the nineteen sixties. <laughs> and only then will they be able to assassinate the president. Well the um what is it? It's the the, the I think the thing is, right? The, the American militia movement has a lot more in common, not with uh, the American War of Independence, but with the aftermath mm. of the American Civil War, mm -hmm. right? This is, it was about, it was born in resistance to reconstruction, stuff like this. It was born about in sort of in maintaining the, the order of white supremacy in the South. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, has, it has transformed as it has gone on, but fundamentally, that, that, that's what this seems like a continuation of, really, mm. is... More is just the fact that the U.S. never was able to complete Reconstruction. Mm. Well, you basically. saw you saw the guy with the Confederate flag who uh, like yeah. brought that into the Capitol, and all of the libs were like, uh, "You know, this this never happened in 156 years." And I'm like, "Well, no, because the Confederacy were kind of winning by stealth for the last 156 years." Yeah. Also, that guy was from Canada. Also, that guy was Canadian. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> it's from Alberta. <laughs> And that guy has sure has gone out for a rip. <laughs> he really did give her tits when he took the Confederate flag into the Capitol there. But then the other, and then the but the other kind of person in this protest, in addition to like yeah, these sort of heavily armed militia members. That again, that's more continuity than change. There, mm -hmm. various off-duty law enforcement officers and veterans, and the conspiracy theories, run-of-the-mill oafs, and Instagram scammers was all the Soros plants. My God, it must really suck to have just <laughs> devoted all of your time to doing this and to advancing the cause of Q and posting about Trump and alienating mm. all your friends and family and taking the trip across the country to, you know, um, go and, you know, do a <laughs> steal Nancy Pelosi's mail. And then it transpires that you were an Antifa soy boy the whole time. Which <laughs> happens to the Keir Sharman. You didn't Shaman. even know. Like, famous, famously <laughs> extremely deranged man, Lynn Wood, was talking about how the, the, the Q Shaman was Antifa on Twitter before he got yeah. banned. And in his replies was the Q Shaman saying, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> well, I think I think that's honestly one of the saddest things I, I found about this whole thing. You know, that um, woman who got shot um, while she was, you know, before she had even died, they were like posting pictures of her and saying she was a crisis actor and, um, you know, she was secretly Antifa and they'd see she'd been at BLM rallies and stuff like that. And, you know, it sort of felt a bit like, man, you know, she gave her life for this cause and she's not even died yet and they're already disavowing her and not even mm -hmm. like disavowing her saying, no, you're mm -hmm. the enemy, you know. Um, I thought that was quite tragic, you know. Well, fascists, yeah. you know, they, they eat their own, and that's been true as long as there have been fascists. But like, it's mm. very stark this time.
Yeah. Being in QAnon is like being in the SAS. As soon as you get killed, you're no longer in QAnon. Then, then you become Antifa. <laughs> yeah. You get returned to unit. <laughs> it's the, there's, it, it, does, it does seem, right? Like there is this, there, there, is, there, is, there is this sense. And I think it's also, it's one that comes very much from above as well. You know, it's that the, the narrative gets pushed by, whether it's, it's either Sean, your Sean Hannity types or your big influencer types, the big narrative that's always pushed is that anything bad is um, the other people with whom you have nothing in common, who are your enemies, who are Ill- not real Americans, who are illegitimate, who are not part of this polity. Mm. And anything bad that happens is always them. And so that sort of way of thinking, it's just, it's prepared, it's right there for them to sort of to take up. Mm. So because the story now has to evolve to either that this was a false flag or this didn't actually fail or this is just another part of the plan. And yeah, a lot of people I think are going to, I think some people, as you say, Annie, will probably turn off after this because this was such an obvious public and undeniable failure. Mm. But for those that don't, the story has to keep working. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, a little a little more sort of moving on here as well is the the way that sort of QAnon has incorporated the Trump cope here, right? <laughs> Which is... I have a few sort of examples here. I'm, you know, please throw in, in, in more as, as you think of them. But so far, we have stories about um, procedural trickery, the possibility of faithless electors defi- mm. like, um, uh, uh, choosing something else that what is essentially a rubber stamping meeting, state level lawsuits, big reveals of election security, bombshells, uh, and so on and so on which is exactly what liberals did in 2016. It's the same thing. It's the same set of stories. They've just swapped out the characters. Mm. You know, and, and what I think, right, is that it, it's, it, it, it seems less as though all of this is actually a feature of MAGA, this sort of strategy of coping. And rather, it seems like a feature of the fraying of American democracy in general, mm. which is this belief that the country is being run not by the bad guys, but by illegitimate forces, that, it's, mm. you are, that the, the state has been captured. Mm. Um, and I think it goes back to birtherism in 2008, the idea that, oh, well, well, that the, the, the victory of Barack Obama, it's not actually a victory. It's um, Barack it, Hussein Kazvani yeah, Obama. It's, it's, uh, right. it's, it's, a, it's a plot. It's a foreign power. He's not legitimate uh, president. Mm. Something is going to happen that is going to deliver us from our, our, our Babylonian captivity. Yeah, and for and a then, lot of people, it was yeah, Trump. Yeah. And, I think, yeah. and I think that's a good point to also like, think about how this sort of plays out in other aspects of cult, like culture, especially when we like think about culture wars and how like, you know, for lots of the right, um, both like who took part in this movement, but also this kind of like the broader, like so-called intellectuals who are now trying to distance themselves from it, which is like, they've spent the past few years also talking about how like universities have been captured by like people who don't have mm. like the best interest in the country and at like heart mm. or like other institutions and like, um, you know, the even kind of like the language that's used to like describe people um, as ones that are like threats to institutions and by the nature threats to like the structure of like a decaying polity. And you're completely right in the sense of like, this is, this is neither like something that's kind of focused on like a particular section of the right wing. I think it's very much um, a result of like, you know, as, as you said, like both like decaying political context and also just the way that like technology makes us communicate now. Right. Um, mm. And I feel like the combination of those things has just created this like very absurd way of trying to deal with the fact that like things are not getting better and they probably never will again. I mean, uh, yeah. I feel great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's another one of those episodes that just makes you feel optimistic. Yeah, that's just, right. just, I mean, just putting on my Jared Leso yeah. Joker makeup. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, when we talk about the fraying of democracy, I kind of think that is what you're talking about. It's the, the institutions sort of failing on a broad base. And that's mm. why I think, yeah. like, as you say, the, you, the ta- you have to look beyond just the features of MAGA. And look at the general features of American politics, which again, I, I truly believe is one of the reasons it's worth talking about is a bellwether for basically everywhere else. Mm. Um, or at least it's a bellwether for everywhere else that made those similar political decisions in the 19 sort of in the 1980s that have kind of set us on the path to where we are now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the feature the, and, and what we're talking about, again, is the, uh, the idea that think, things are failing and it needs an explanation. And if you're not going to look at a system, you're going to look at the guys. And Mm -hmm. at some point, things fail so badly, things are so fractured and enervated and alienated 
that uh, that it's not that ju- you you can't explain it by the guys being um bad at their jobs or disagreeing with you mm. they're not even they're not even legitimate they have to be defeated it is a it is a feature of crumbling it yeah. is it is it is a a a broad-based institutional failure mm. and it's now I, I can only imagine again I, I i like you annie i try to stay out of the prediction game as much as i can but you can imagine that like the for the rest of as long as there's going to be in america there is mm. going to be half the country that is relatively convinced that they are being ruled either by alien pedophiles or um you know the puppets of whatever foreign ruler sure it's it, it's important, I think, also that we don't divorce this from white supremacy, which is why I come back to the the reconstruction and the Confederate flag and stuff. Which is that, like, I think you're right to to put the birth of this at birtherism at Obama, and that's like a lot of a lot of white Americans, I think, had a deep psychic wound from Barack Obama being elected, just in terms of what they felt that represented as a threat to white supremacy. And I think the, we're seeing a long-tailed sort of revanchism to that. Mm. And I, I don't think we've seen the last of it. Mm. And oh. the great thing is, um, and I think now of the, um, uh, the, the local news chiron, firefighters accidentally poured jet fuel instead of water on fire, we have <laughs> uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House, and they are going to maximum cop zone. Um, mm. So it's going to be great. No, no, none of these grievances will get worse. There are no like in sort of incipient Timothy McVeighs out there. Um, no, like, no, nothing, nothing is in, in sipping at all at this point. <laughs> so, uh, Annie, I'd like to. I'd be interested, sort of, to see if is that. Do you sort of roughly concur with that, or do you feel sort of something different? Um, no, I think the connection to birtherism is definitely something I've thought about before. Um, and yeah, to be honest, I really never paid attention to Russiagate, but like maybe I should have. I always seemed really like confusing and strange to me. The problem with Q&A. Russiagate, Russiagate was a conspiracy by and for wonks. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why it was dumb and boring. But, but they but, did yeah. have their own, like their own shamans. And yeah, they had also, yeah. But, but also what's interesting is that like Russiagate and the QAnon stuff also represent like a particular kind of universal departure because with Russiagate, it was about like institutions being corrupted and you yeah. could root them out and you could have these lovely institutions back. Right. So mm. the idea was that they were fine and then they got corrupted externally. Mm. Whereas like with QAnon, it's very much like, well, they were fucked before they're fucked now. Yeah. Um, and this is why I think there's like a huge kind of energy towards like a form of, or what will end up being like forms of vigilantism. Right. So it's kind of like, well, it's got much more of an immediacy to it. It's got, you know, this sort of sense that this is the very, very last chance. And some of that is like informed by like apocalyptic, like apocalyptic narratives that have sort of been a feature of Mm. American popular culture for like since its inception and everything. But like a lot of it is also just down to like this kind of general feeling of helplessness and this general feeling that like things can't get materially better. So you'll kind of partake in whatever participatory form of politics you have left. Um, mm. which in some cases is like storming the capital. But like, I remember when we spoke about this on a previous episode, like one of the things we did sort of like talk about was like, you know, in, in places like the UK, for example, that might emerge in the form of like volunteer pedophile, like hunters yeah. and, mm. uh, like mosque, uh, vo- you know, volunteer mosque inspectors and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Yeah, there's like different forms of car to make sure people are washing their feet. <laughs> um, the funniest thing, the funniest thing about Russiagate for me, as a as a person of Russia, uh, you know, is that uh, I think that there's like a, a thing where like uh, liberals imagine that like Russian intelligence is like a Bond villain, when in fact what Russian intelligence is is like a hundred guys who are all the Joker and none of them talk to each other. And so like everything it does is like completely chaotic and you can't make sense of it because neither can Vladimir Putin. I think he spends most of his time going like, for fuck's sake, why have you done that? Like that's like, and so like with the emails thing, the Russians were totally involved in that. But like, what does it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, they're involved in all kinds of shit. So are you. Like what, what do you think goes on in the world, right? And so, but the irony of it is, is that that was the point at which like the libs completely lost their mind and then also the right completely lost their mind and so it is the last point at which the russians have ever needed 
to fuck around in American politics because, like, since then the Americans have been doing it to themselves. <laughs> that's right. I think I, th- I think that's broadly right. And but like also the, the the similarities to RussiaGate, you can see more things. You have your sacred texts. You have like your steel dossier. And instead of Q, you have Robert Mueller. Um, who invented the yogurts. Yeah. And then the different, although I, I think then, the, but because, again, it was a sort of consp- a PMC conspiracy theory, mm. um, and you, at no point did you have this, like, you know, the, the charge of the, of the light brigade uh, into the Senate. Rather, yeah. you just had I think it's also people- a bit of a, like, marketing oh, failure as well. You know, we were kind of talking mm. about sort of um, at the very beginning, Donald Trump as a kind of branding genius. But one thing, so when all Stop the Steal was going on, I like really sat down and basically drove myself insane trying to figure out exactly what they thought had happened, like how the election had been stolen. Um, and like what I found were there were, like a few different like competing conspiracy theories and essentially like the most fun, most dynamic one won. Um, so they had like some kind of slightly boring stuff about how the election laws that had been passed to allow postal voting actually hadn't been passed by the right legislature, blah, 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 and that sort of stuff, which was like really tedious and um, boring. And then you've got Sidney Powell and the Dominion machines, which are being operated by Hugo Chavez from Beyond the Grave and stuff like that. <laughs> That's so much more exciting. Astrally projecting Hugo Chavez. That's so much more exciting. And of course, it was the one that, that like, uh, you know, uh, energized people because it's not just kind of, you know, like nebulous legalistic wrongdoings. It's like, you know, like um, it's exciting. It's like techie. It's kind of got a bit of a sort of like action film thing uh, feel to it, do you know, mm. or like a spy film feel. Mm. Um, and I never really felt like Russiagate had that. Or maybe, maybe that's because I wasn't paying attention, as I said. No, it didn't have Hugo Chavez dying and going to another dimension to hunt nonces and interfere in elections. <laughs> yeah, and that may- <laughs> maybe it should have, do you know? Yeah. I th- we, could, we could really have given the, the, the Russiagate people some advice on like, look, if you want to, well, they didn't want to whip people up into an army, though. They wanted to like, you know, um, they wanted to like, you know, soy face in DC bars on the morning of the uh, testimony. This summer, <laughs> Dave Courtney. Hugo Chavez in Nance Baz, the next generation. <laughs> um, so I th- think there's there's another thing going on as well, right? Which is that there has been a a split, right, between the Q people and the broader right, and whether that's sort mm. of Alex Jones disavowing them, or this sort of causing some like at least reputational embarrassment for like Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and stuff. Um, I, I sort of describe this in part one of this episode, right, as Thinking about the American national id of QAnon is correctly identified and are moving with the current Mm. of the American nation, such as greatness defined by white supremacy, exceptionalism, sort of rejection of decline, the story of restoration. Like, Mm. but that the Volksgeist, as represented by them, has become completely unmoored from any kind of from the political apparatus of the Republican Party, whose job is to react to and channel it to then like serve the ends of capital. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has become completely unmoored from them, or so it seems, right? Because, but I, I, I think there are lots of people who are, you know, once again talking about the death knell of the Republican Party. But you know, in two thousand six, it was predicted that the Republican Party would be out of power for a generation, and it squared the circle with birtherism and Trumpism, and ultimately QAnon. Yeah, well, I, th- right? I think I think the thing is right. It's not the death knell of the Republican Party, but it is the death knell of a Republican Party that does not involve Trump. Right? The Lincoln Project is doomed to failure. Well, um, it's not doomed to failure. The Lincoln Project successfully integrated into the Democratic Party. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, they won the Democratic Party over. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they, did. they did. They did. They did. They did the entryism. But my point is that, like Trump, Trump now. Uh, wh- whatever we think he's going to do after his presidency, whether that's the like Trump presidential library with the copy of Bloodsport or whatever, um, he's won Peron now, and I mean that in the sense of uh, this whole swath of politics is going to be post-Trumpism and about trying to claim the legacy of Donald Trump, mm. and it's a kind of capture that hasn't happened since Reagan. Um, and you know, I can only hope that this ends the same way it did for Juan Perón, which is fifty years later, someone breaks into his mausoleum and cuts the hands off his body for some fucking reason. 
Yeah, I, to get the ultimate stranger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got beautiful hands. I tell you, if you could jack off with my hands, you'd, you'd love to. They're beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I never believe, have. I always had women do it. <laughs> yeah. There will, never be, there will never be peace in the US until we deploy peacekeeping troops from the Falkland Islands Defense Force. That's right. They are Terry the only Peck. people who can restore order. Yeah, the ghost of Terry Peck. So, I mean, Annie, again, I'm, I'm sort of interested to see sort of what you think about this, right? This political force that has become unmoored that needs to be reintegrated somehow, right? Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm quite intrigued by, by this question because I think Alice is, is spot on. Um, that this is probably going to be how the Republican Party, the only way the Republican Party can continue to capture that legacy. And I'm not particularly convinced by Ted Cruz or Josh Hawley's kind of like about faces and kind of like, oh, well, we, did, we didn't mean it, you know, um, because naturally if it makes logical sense that if you think the election has been, has been stolen to, to like do a little revolution, a do you know? Belt. Yeah. Nobody asked who I was until I put on the wolf pelt. Yeah, yeah everyone's big... like, "Aren't you the Q shot?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a big glass thing that says "Break glass in case of stolen election." There's a little booklet inside there, and then page one, like hundred point font, is steal AOC's shoes. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they've got it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the answer is in there, guys. Yeah. I'll uh, look at these in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why have you got Donald Trump's hands as well? Like that's none of your business. <laughs> Look, I have a very specific fetish. I thought I would never get off in my life. What you? I don't even care about politics. I'm a libertarian. I don't give a shit about this. This is just my specific fetish. You guys are all insane. I'm just a pervert. Okay, <laughs> let's get that clear. I don't believe in any of this storm shit. You guys are all fascists. I just want to come into these shoes. <laughs> Is that so wrong? <laughs> That's a misdemeanor at most. Uh, yes, we've we have uh, charged uh, twelve people with the uh, made-up crime of sedition, and then one other person with an unrelated offense. Yeah, you're being a gross weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, he's not allowed within schools or government buildings. He's not, he's not allowed near a JC Penny. <laughs> he's going to um, horny jail. Yeah, that's, that's finally, right. Bonk. Finally, uh, horny. <laughs> we have, that's, the school to horny jail pipeline is where the Nazis yeah, are all hanging that's out. That's right. Um, right. So, how the Republicans are going to reintegrate these people into main. Because the thing is, they're in a double bind. And again, mm. it's a double bind. I fully believe they will work their way out of, right? Yeah. Um, where oh, yeah, the Democrats will be handing them butter by the fistful. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they are going to work. They are going to have to reintegrate this like see a group of a, a, a dedicated cadre of diehard nationalists. Mm. Um, but where there's a ceiling on that level of support, mm. and there's not that ceiling as we've seen, not enough to capture uh, the presidency, and you can't and they and they no longer accept the logic of elections really. Right. Mm. But also you but you can't have just them. You need someone else too. And conservative and conservatives, uh, both in the US and, and the UK, are very good at pointing to someone that who formerly wasn't white um, or who formerly like was not in, in, or, or not socially acceptable and saying, mm. you're good now. The rest of them are bad. You're good. Yeah, we're finally going to make the Irish yeah, white. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, we're opening up the books. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. nationalist mafia is opening up the books to a new race, yeah. uh, ethnicity, uh, ge uh, gender, uh, sexuality, etc. We decided we're going to make the Portuguese a friend of ours. Yeah, that's right, more or less. <laughs> um, and so this is, and this is kind of what I get to is, who are they going to pick to be in a political coalition that's going to be the QAnon remnant plus mm. who else? Like who I, and that is a question I don't know. The QAnon remnant sounds like another guy. <laughs> like, but but what I mean is that's a question. I, the answer to yeah. that question is why won't Texas turn blue? It keeps getting more Hispanic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was just I, thinking I, that. Yeah. I mean that's that sounds about right. Um, and you know the person of Trump as well is going to continue to be again, be, just as he was from the beginning, a problem for most Republicans. You know, mm. He was a problem that they learned how to turn into an advantage, mm. but yeah, he yeah, was yeah. a problem for most Republicans. And now he's a problem for them again. 
And as far as I can tell, the whatever the Republican Party is going to become post-Trump, it's going to require Trump to die. He's going to have to do it. <laughs> well, well, actually, yeah. Join me. Well, this, well, well this, this is the question I have, because I think to one degree, like it's so you can sort of see the path out for like conservatives, regard whether they're in the UK or the US or whatever, which is that they're really mm. just going to continue exploiting grievances, right? Mm. Now, like there were a lot of people that voted for Trump and someone made this point, and I can't remember who it was, but it was like the Democrats don't really have a plan of like how they're going to address the fact that there are like so many people that like fucking hate them. Right. Well, I, mean, I guess they like, sort of do, which is Patriot Act too. Yeah, but, I, yeah, but even Patriot then, I get too. No boogaloo whatsoever. Yeah, we're we're going to do Ruby right. Ridge to but all like, of those people like in, individually. But like in the age of like culture war and stuff, I sort of wonder whether like those types of like tactics of like, we're just going to expand like the surveillance state and stuff is necessarily going to work, especially like if the people who like really fucking hate the Democrats are people who like think that they're subject to like state, um, you know, was like their, their grievances are towards the state as well. And they, they can like use other like forms of language, like big tech and like, you know, those things, but they still think that they're like victims of these like violent apparatuses, which I don't think necessarily applied um, like, you know, five, 10 years ago. Um, you know, so I still think they'll kind of like exploit grievances and there are ways in which like I can see them like taking a lot of the QAnon grievances and mixing that up with like grievances of like, um, upper middle class, uh, immigrant communities. Like I think about how, you know, um, you know, a, a good amount of like latter, like, uh, what was like the, the, the kind of the, uh, in like Florida and stuff like that. Right. The, uh, like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. like Cubans and Latin Americans who like voted quite like, overwhelmingly for trump um in spite of like everything that he said uh like in the uk like lots of like british indians like even kind of um british pakistanis like also vote for the tory party and like no one really addresses that that much um but the issue is more like become home secretary yeah exactly well the the issue is more to do with like the fact that i don't think donald trump will actually shut the fuck up and like Mm. remember when the whole like thing was like Hillary Clinton was going to win in 2016. What's Trump going to do? And his mm. team were like, well, he's just going to set up like a TV station. Like he's mm. going to set up his own media thing. And I think that's still what he's going to do. He's just going to like, he will not shut the fuck up. And this yeah. will be like the thing that might kind yeah. of keep the, the Republicans the at bay. Is, oh, the, the, I want to see the kitchen Biden, nightmares with Donald Trump. The Biden CIA the is going to shoot him with a gun that gives you cancer that they got Chavez with. Yeah, except <laughs> the thing is, he's a sa- he is a sack of old mayonnaise and long COVID. You don't need to shoot him with the cancer gun. No, That's I think true. he's unkillable. I, I think he has like every disease, and they're like doing the Mister Burns thing where they're all canceling each other out. Yeah, but the problem is, is that because the president of the U.S. now forever has to be actively dying, yeah, they need to hook up a little machine to the president to keep him from dying. Well, yeah, they they yeah. won't give him the special presidential anti-COVID drugs anymore. Yeah, they're just gonna hook that directly out of his veins and into Biden's. Yeah, Yeah. and and then they're always gonna. That's how you. That's what you do. It's like um, you have to keep the president basically on the verge of death. It's (laughs) the golden throne, three thousand psychers a day to keep (laughs) Joe Biden president. Right, bury me with my golden toilet. (laughs) And so, right. uh, So what? What my question here, right, is, you know, if if we think that Trump is probably, if we think, you know. Number one, the right in the U.S. cannot get rid of Trump while he's still alive. They have to mm. figure out who is the heir to him now. He's it got has to go. To, it has to involve fame and being famous on on TV all the time and mm. being a being a celebrity. Because ultimately, yeah, that's what it is. It's he was also the guy who hosted The Apprentice. Yeah. Um. You know that they need to square that circle somehow and build mm. a new political coalition. And I expect again, it will be as as you say. Um. What about Gary Busey? Yeah, why not? <laughs> what about all, him? All I can yeah. say is, I think now is the time for a serious study of the Clinton administration, the Clinton administration's domestic terror policy, and the militia movement of the 1990s. Because it's all going to happen again, but as fast. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, let's get it. We're going to have um, the wacko siege. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, the, wa- the wacko. <laughs> Very fun. Thank you. Uh, it's the, the wacko. It's going to be Waco, but they're playing the Benny Hill music. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think the, the last sort of thing I think it's worth going into here, right, is the future of whatever this movement is depends deeply on social media mm. and mm. all of its figureheads, including the living God in the, f- pers- in the form of the president, Donald Trump, uh, are now off social media basically forever. And any, it seems as though there is no 
and, and, and even if Parler wasn't immediately taken offline by like AWS and stuff, which it, it was, there is no, there's nothing like mainstream normie social media that people go on for the long tail of reasons that they have of like posting their, you know, yeah, no, yelling tw- at their Twitter, neighbors or posting their, their, yeah, their, Twi- their, their Twitter their and Facebook are public utilities at this point. And yeah. now yeah. that Trump is too powerful to post on them, <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the one hand, that's going to benefit his cult tremendously, right? Because it's going to funnel people who want to hear from him to fucking, uh, you know, his Parler or Gab or the but, Donald or whatever. Those and, are all oh, gone. Yeah, no, but there's there's always going to be something. It's going to be fucking Proud Boys Telegram channels where all of these people I would get like, to like ask radicalized. Everyone to follow me on Ebaum's world. Yeah, where all of these people <laughs> get radicalized even further. There are like yeah. Nazis mm-hmm. who are very very happy about this because it means that they have this a sort of audience of soft, squishy, uh, like Q people who like believe in Trump and like tentatively believe in white supremacy, but not explicitly. And they're about to get, uh, you know, red pilled on the Jewish question or whatever the fuck. Well, yeah, so, actually, so, I, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. I would like think that I, you know, there's a lot of, and I, because my, my, my view is that at this point, like Trump, like the whole like presence of Trump is kind of not as not as like unifying as it used to be. And I think that a lot of like why Twitter was like an interesting place was because for, if you looked at like, if you, if you ever looked at like comment sections of uh, like all the comments underneath like a Trump tweet, like they would, at, at some point they would very rarely like address what's actually being said. They'd be like too busy kind of like fighting, like people would be too busy, like fighting with each other and stuff. And I think that's what a lot of like Trump supporters really like doing. They really like pissing off the lips. Um, but what happens when like Trump goes to like a platform that like no one wants to use because, oh, it's really difficult. You know, that was another thing. Like, you know, a lot of, lot of like the reasons why Gab and Parler like really sucked was because they're like really hard to use. Telegram is really hard to use. Um, but Twitter is like really nice and easy. Uh, so what will end up happening is that people who are like terminally online and do want to go to Trump, like are going to kind of, you know, they are going to be further susceptible to radicalization. But I think that like, or I, I don't really like the term radicalization, but they'll be much more like prone to kind of like the, uh, uh, the, uh, the selling points of like quite kind of like actual far right Nazism. Mm. Um, but I think that on the other hand, you'll have lots of people who like kind of either sort of stay on Twitter and they continue because what they're actually like doing is that they want the grievance and they want the kind of conflict and everything. Mm. And then you have some people that just like go to different places and they'll kind of then like Q will manifest in very different and weird ways and that's kind of why i said that like maybe like astrology is going to be one approach but i'm very sure that like as it sort of gets meshed up with other weirder versions of the like of like internet culture you'll see like different forms of q um manifesting and kind of like very weird theories like coming out and like finding themselves back onto twitter again like twitter becomes the locus the jews have a very aquarius rising energy (laughs) (laughs) yeah so, I mean, I, th- Annie, I think this kind of goes back to what you were saying towards the very beginning of this episode, which is that it's go- that the group is going to shrink and harden. Mm. Yeah. Effectively. Like yeah. my penis. Ex- yeah, yeah. Like, like his penis <laughs> when he sees the, uh, the Trump cut of the film The Longest Yard. That's the Melopinus, baby. Yeah. 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 You see the Trump cut of the film The Long- Longest Yard that only has the boob scene. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the only penis in the world that's bigger when flaccid. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> no, so it, it's, but it's, it's true, right? It's going to... As you say, it because it no longer has the the platform with all the normies on it. Mm. All the people who were tentatively into it, some of them are going to fall off, and then the ones that stay into it are going to get way more into it. Yeah, because they're going to have to move to Bebo. Yeah, I mean it's, that's kind of what you were saying <laughs> in the beginning, right, Annie? Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think yeah, that's um just like uh, an impact of um failure, but it's also an impact of like the catastrophic failure of losing um such like useful platforms for recruitment um i don't i you know i have no doubt that the next QAnon is just around the corner in some in some sense you know some new kind mm-hmm. of exciting um sort of lightning rod it feels to me like um yeah i, I suppose probably since about like 2013 or so um, the right have just got better and better at using social media for stuff like that for creating these little flashpoints um, for radicalization. Well, Joseph Watson was right. Yeah. <laughs> right are getting better at posting, and it does terrify the left. <laughs> but I think right, it, uh, one of the key one of the key forces here, I think, if you're sort of beginning to think about sort of you know what's it all mean, mm. is that if, if you have been sort of keyed up. 
for the last four years that you have been waiting for the climactic moment of the movie. It has been always darkest before the dawn for about four years. You have been yeah. enervated and you have been... And just, the really dark moment has been your guy being in charge. Yeah, but you've been enervated, you've been driven crazy, you've been sort of yanked out of consensus reality and put into a new one. Mm. You're going to be very, very bored if there's not a new QAnon thing that comes around basically by next week and you're going to go looking for one. Yeah. Because if you if your work as a... You know, if you're a 53-year-old medical technician who works in like, I don't know, Albany, you know... Mm. Uh, you what you have like you have a grown kid um you have a couple of a couple of friends a few of them might be into drugs whatever but you know you see like the world kind of getting worse around you you know i don't think you really want to pay attention to that yeah you're also just been indoors for a whole year so we all have been you know Mm. um like you've got you know you're possibly uh like still kind of like going to work and stuff like that but all of the all of the like nice human interaction that has been like basically that keeps people kind of sane from what they see on the internet myself included um has just just been wiped out like i think Mm -hmm. that's gonna have that's that has had such a noticeable impact i think on just the like speed of this stuff so the point we're trying to make here is if you're a nonce in a different reality on the other side of the event horizon, Watch you should yourself. keep an eye out for housewives from Arkansas because they are coming in your direction. <laughs> that's right. And I think, I think that's a pretty good place to leave it. I think that sort of brings it around sort of nicely full circle. Um, and I want to also say, Annie, thank you so much for calling in today. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. It's been really fun. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it, it always is a pleasure. Uh, and don't forget to check out QAnon Anonymous for a an in-depth, uh, constant exploration of the strange and wonderful characters that sort of mm-hmm. populate this odd firmament. And also check out QAnon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. QAnon. Yeah. They need the support yeah. right yeah. now. QAnon, QAnon never been a better time. <laughs> yeah. You're, you are buying the dip right now. If yeah, you exactly. Get into QAnon. That's right. <laughs> You could get a you could get a top position. It's a great time for a sideways move. Yeah, it's, honestly, if you want to get in on the ground floor, it's never been in a better time. Mm. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, I think then that's um, that about does it. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show on Patreon uh, for listening to part two of our two part series. Mm-hmm. And our theme song has been "Here We Go" by Ginseng. Listen to it early. Listen to it often. Any shirt information. Uh, there might still be some shirts for sale on the website. There aren't many left as we record this, so there probably won't be any left as it goes out. But also tune into the tune into the dang streams. Yeah, the streams. Uh, Thursday yeah. from nine to Thursday and Sunday from nine to eleven. Yeah, tune into tune into my new podcast with friend of the show Phoebe Roy, uh, Masters of Our Domain, uh, which should be out by now. Very if it's fun. out, there'll be a link in the description. Uh, all right i think that 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 about does it we're gonna not do too many new podcast announcements no there are so many (laughs) i would would plug mine but i'm very like anti-podcast generally so i Mm. don't really i don't want to podcast this your action i i don't i don't Mm. i don't want to encourage people to like listen to more things if you're a phoebe fan if you're a phoebe fan your amount of phoebe is doubling yeah, <laughs> so much, so much Phoebe. Both you're gonna, is you're gonna have access to way more Phoebe per yeah, hour could, or you day. Could, yeah, you could listen to like Masters of Our Domain in one ear, and you could listen to 10k posts in the other ear. Yeah, that's um, right. and you just have you both could, ears of like and, so. And weirdly, that simulates <laughs> what it's like hanging out with Phoebe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, um, I'll oh, we'll see you all later. Uh, have a good weekend. Yeah, bye, bye everybody. Bye.